go work with either SCORE or the SBA, the Small Business Administration, mm-hmm. and let them guide you. Great resource. That'll save you from making tons of mistakes that I had to make starting out, you know, thinking you know everything. Just go ahead and get some people that help you know it. They're here and they're here to assist you. I would say go use those resources. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several businesses into seven and eight figure businesses, several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents, trademarks, and other business matters. And if you ever need help, feel free to reach out to us. Just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time to chat with us. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast. Forrest Tuff, and I think you're actually the third person that's um, been in the um, sports arena that we've had on the podcast. So you're in good company. I think we had a player for UVU, then we had an NFL player, and so now we have Forrest. So so always fun to, always an area of interest that I find fun to talk about. But as a quick introduction, so Forrest uh, lettered in high school, I think in three different sports. I think it was track, football, and I can't remember the third one. Basketball. I'm sure basketball um and then he was always growing up he was kind of the geeky kid self-described geeky kid collected cards played video games got a scholarship in basketball um and nba was originally always his dream but got an injury and ended his career and then had to kind of make a pivot worked for Foot Locker and sales for a period of time, did some internships in the clinic, um, decided to start his own business, and then I'll let him fill in the rest and bring us up to speed on that. But with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Forrest. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So I gave kind of the 30-second brief overview of what is a much longer journey. So maybe take us back in time to high school lettering in the three different sports and then kind of pick up your journey from there. Yeah, I mean... Back in high school, you know, everyone wanted to be popular to some degree, right? And so for Mm -hmm. me, I was one of these kids, as you mentioned, I had some geeky thoughts. I loved chess. I loved, you know, collecting action figures, coins, and collecting comic books. And I loved Mm -hmm. sci-fi movies. But you know what? That wasn't the most popular thing. And I was in chorus. So I decided Mm -hmm. to go into sports. And I ended up doing pretty well, so much so that I did really well in high school. I led it in three sports, as you mentioned. But I ended Mm -hmm. up getting a scholarship to play basketball. And ultimately I played division one. So Mm. there I had, you know, I had dreams to play professionally. And I said, you know what, I could probably make it pro, but due to an injury, those things didn't happen. So now it was back to the drawing Mm. board. And it's where I found out these natural skills and things that I like actually started to come into play. You know, Mm. I had a couple of jobs in sales, as you said, in Foot Locker. I worked for um, a couple of corporations and I managed some retail stores like Radio Shack and a Wilson's Leather. But ultimately, I decided, you know, I wanted to go into business. And that was like a, the filling those blanks of how that initial journey happened and how I got into now the media production business. But let me, right before now. you jump into that, let me just jump or jump back just a little bit. So sure. Dream was for a while, you know, it sound, you must have been good at sports, got a scholarship, lettered in several ones, and then he got the injury. How did you make that, you know, mindset or shift in, the, you know, shift, so to speak, of, okay, my dream was originally to go, you know, play in the NBA, wanted to be in, you know, career in sports, couldn't do that anymore. How did you decide how, what to do instead of that, or how to re, readjust your, you know, your, your vision or your, your goals? You know, it was a one step and one, one step at a time. And to be honest with you, that was probably the most difficult time of my life because I didn't have a plan B. You know, a lot of people, 
you know, they always tell you in school, you know, it's like, hey, you've got to have an academic or, you know, some profession you want to go into. And for me, I, I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist, you know, and at my school, mm. they didn't have a physical therapy program, but they had a sports management program. So I would have been more like an athletic trainer. And so I went into that as kind of a, you know, a, a second thing. But to be honest with you, I wanted to be in the NBA. I, you know, I think about a doctor who's actually worked all his life to become a doctor. It's mm. like they don't have a plan B to become mm. a shoe salesman. So that's how it is for athletes in their mind. You mm. really don't have that plan B. So for me, it was a struggle. You know, I mm. did an internship at Health South Orthopedic Clinic, and it was mm. during the 96 Olympics that were in Atlanta. And that's when I truly realized that's not what I wanted to do. You know, mm. I, I enjoyed helping people, but I said, you know, I just don't want to be in this sports arena because I'm not going to fulfill the dream that I wanted. You know, I didn't, I, it was for me, it was NBA or bus. You know, I didn't no, want to be I involved in sports. Yeah. You know? I think you mentioned, maybe I'm really putting words in your mouth, but I think you mentioned, you know, one, it'd be hard to, in my mind, you almost take the doctor or the sports or whatever to see other people living out your dream and helping them on a daily basis, right? <laughs> the sense that you're yeah. in clinic and you're like, that yeah. was my dream and that's what I wanted to do. And now I don't get to do it. I just get to watch everybody else do what I want to do. So I can certainly get, you know, hey, I want to do something that, I can find gratifying. It's not, you know, kind of looking forward and doing something else. And so, you know, kind of making that pivot or shift after you do the clinic and say, Hey, this is not for me. My dream was to be the player, not to just work with, you know, work with them to help, exactly. them, help them in the exactly. clinic type of a thing. That's right. So you kind of had that realization, Hey, clinic's not for me. So then how did you pivot or transition into what you got, you know, where you're at today with doing your business? So I got in sales and, you know, it was a thing that I didn't really know that I wanted to be in sales, but I realized sales is really the nature of most businesses to a degree. Mm. You have to be able to help people understand the value that you provide them. So for me, during that time that I was working in sales and in management, I actually was learning a skill that would later be very beneficial to what I was doing. Now, one mm. thing about it, in high school, I always carried a camcorder, high school and college. I used to record everything because my mm. mom used to do it. So I just picked that up. And so that later would turn into a job you know someone asked me hey would you do this birthday party for x amount of dollars how much would you charge and that's when mm. that light bell went off ding 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 right this could be a business and that's how i got into the media profession simply from just the passion of doing it mm. so now you get into the so first of all you get into sales and i think you know that sounds like hey and i i'm in agreement i think every business has an aspect of sales if you don't know how to sell your product, you know, or someone else's product, you're never going to succeed. The business can't, if it never gets customers and never sells what they're <laughs> right. doing, whether it's service product or anything, it's not going to last very long. But That's then right. you said, okay, we're going to get into videoing. And I think when we even talked before, it was kind of, Hey, we'll do this kind of as fun. We'll video some birthdays, started a bit of a business and then said, okay, this is enjoyable. It's fun. Now let's build a, a full business around it. And kind of out of the idea of kind of storytelling and doing the music videos and doing the That's more right. of a production sense so as you now say okay this is where i'm going to head or set up the business this is where i'm heading you know was that a smooth transition just had clients coming out of the woodwork to do it was it a slow build and trying to figure out how to get clients or you know knowing sales how did you start to build a business that you can say because you know there's a lot of people with the camera a lot of people that say that they're in you know video production and many of them right. don't do a very good job but how did you differentiate yourself or build that business you know Starting out, you don't really know. You just know that, okay, I can do this and I can do it well. And that, that mm. same mindset that I had as an athlete, I think that kind of, you know, was the driving force behind what I did. I always wanted to excel and be the best. And so one way that I decided, you know, this is how I could be the best is I need to win awards. 
You know, that's what tells people you're actually good because other people recognize it. So I started to find out about different awards in the production industry, in that world that's respected. And so we began to, you know, tailor our work to make sure that we were meeting the qualifications, the needs. We're being creative. You know, we're listening to the clients, but also I'm looking at other work going, wow, look at what they're doing. You know, look how they're growing. And so that's when the nature of my business started to change. At first, you know, I'm doing a lot of weddings. We're doing a lot of uh, uh, personal events for people, music videos, sporting events. And then it evolved into working with corporations and mm. government agencies and nonprofits. So it was a slow move. You know, it was four or five, six years of really doing something, I think, you know, pretty successful. But then mm. it was like, okay, you know, I see a cap and, and I want to grow. So now I'm going to have to diversify what we're doing in this industry. So that was kind of how we now evolved into getting bigger projects and, and bigger clientele. Mm. So, so no, and I, I think that makes sense. And it's kind of, Hey, let's, let's start in, you know, in a little bit of the sports I just, area I know, and then let's branch out from there, go governmental, see what other clients kind of right. broaden the scope of people that you can bring on as clients and tell their story. And I think one of the other things we meant, you mentioned is we were doing that before the podcast as well as you've also yourself branched out a bit and also doing a bit of professional speaking and coaching and other things It kind of, it almost seems like, you know, it's a broadening of telling other people's stories and now telling your own story. But how has that gone as you've also kind of diversified or broadened into that as well? Well, as a company grew and we began to take on more clientele, it opened up the doors for me to now do some, I call it leadership development. You know, I get to go out and learn how to become better at what I do, you know, because when mm. you're in that island, you're doing the work, doing the work, and sometimes you're not growing. You're just actually really good, but the world is constantly evolving. Media technologies are constantly evolving, and people want to now understand the process or the big idea, you know, and I didn't know how to, to, how to explain mm. that. So that's mm. why I started to go out and learn how to do more in public speaking. So I joined Toastmasters, and this mm. was an organization that helped me to learn how to gather my thoughts together and do presentations in various formats. And, you know, at this time now, I've branched off into making films and movies and documentaries and, you know, working with different clientele. We're having to go back and forth. And what I found out in public speaking is that there's no cookie cutter talk. You know, there's a different talk that's relevant for each of these different industries. So now I've branched out into not only being a Hmm. speaker, learning how to talk about my company in the media world, but now I'm doing training uh, on entrepreneurship and small businesses and talking about, you know, how to get grants and money for producing films. So as mm. I started to expand, everything is really in my world. It's been an evolution of hard knocks and lessons learned, you know. And so with those, I would always say, let me go find out the training to help me become better as this continues to evolve, because I think that's the nature of growth, has, I would, how it's been for me anyway is that every time I stumble upon something else, I realize, okay, I need to get training in that. And so that led me to becoming a business mentor with the organization called SCORE. Are mm. you familiar with them? I am not. So okay. you tell me a little bit about them. Yeah, SCORE is a resource partner through the Small Business Administration. And mm. so basically what we provide is pro bono mentoring services for aspiring entrepreneurs and other you know, businesses that, need to, that are looking to sustain their business or just to grow. So with that, I was vetted for 90 days. You know, at this time, mm. I've been an entrepreneur for about 10 years. And, you know, for me, I feel like I'm always trying to grow because there's the, there are these points where I feel stagnant, like, okay, I don't know, I need to know more. And so here I'm working with a lot of successful entrepreneurs and CEOs that are retired. 
and I'm able to get all this information from them picking their brains, but I'm also helping small businesses, you know, that are starting up and mm. that kept me sharp. It, it helped me learn more. It helped me to avoid certain mistakes that I probably would have made had I not had that advice. So for me, going out and helping others in that capacity actually was very beneficial to me as a business owner. Mm. And it's helped me yeah. grow different aspects of my, my business. No, and I think that makes perfect sense. So now as you, so now that kind of brings us up to where you're at today and now looking kind of forward the next six to 12 months, you know, kind of where do you see things going? How are you going to grow the business? Are you going to pivot? Where are they, where are you, what is that uh, have in store for you? So we're currently looking to get on something called a GSA schedule. And that's mm. working with the government where you get larger contracts. You know, they have a larger dollar amount attached to them. So we're mm. actively pursuing those. Now we've been working with government agencies state and, and local and federal for now for about six years. So we're mm. looking to expand on that. So we're working with the SBA and different organizations to get some of the um, accreditations we need to become, you know, like a minority owned business or 8A mm. certified. These are certifications to work with the government. Uh, with corporations that has done well through mm. word of mouth, you know, a lot of uh, companies, they pass you along. So that has been great for us. And now we're really gonna start marketing our services to other you know, entities, but so far word of mouth has really done well for us in the uh, corporate area. And for me as a public speaker, I've now, um, I'm a member of the National Speakers Association. So I do professional speaking. I do a lot of training and mentoring. And I recently became a certified master uh, business and life coach, because like I say, it's always important for me as I start to broaden and I realize that I'm now branching out into different areas is you know great to get the training to know how to specifically help people and know how to do it in a manner that's going to be beneficial and you're not just blowing smoke mm. you know blowing gas so that's kind of where i am right now and on the mm. last thing i think this would be relevant for you in mm. the film industry i actually recently achieved uh my trademark the name filmpreneur so i just cool. received that december and that was a process took about a year and a half but mm. that's my state in the film industry and it's basically a person that's creative and a businessman. You know, I love the creative side, but I love to take care of the business also. I love it. I think that's awesome. So that's, that's, that's cool. So now as we start to wrap towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions I ask at the end of the podcast. So we'll jump to those now. Okay. First question I always ask is, so along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Oh, uh, we had a situation where I had a client, we did a, a, we had a government contract and we were doing a conference. And in this conference, this is the one time we didn't do, we didn't cross the T's and dot the I's. And during mm. that conference, the audio turned out horrible for mm. uh, one of the keynote speakers, the main speaker. I mean, it was a travesty. It was the worst thing that could have happened in that particular instance. Fortunately, we had a, a great history with them, but in that situation, we had to give them total refund of everything. You know, and mm. we, we, we just flat out apologized, wrote an apology letter, we did the entire whole nine and we just accepted the whole responsibility. And that was a big hit for me because I'll be honest with you, the money that came with that project, I really mm. needed it. The company needed it, but that was one of the things that we lost. We didn't really double check and you know, we, we paid the cost for it. Some, mm. some positive things came out of it, but I could say that was one of the worst situations that I've had to face as a business owner. And it, it was on me and just not you know, taking care of the business on that one. But I think that one's, those are always hard ones. Because on the one hand, you want to keep, either made the client happy, keep them loyal. On the other hand, you say, oh, but I need the money. It hits the pocketbook. And like, do I really need to give the money back or fix this? Yes. Or, eh, is it uh, okay? You know, 
And so I think that, but I think that, you know, if you're looking long-term, if you're building a business and wanting to be successful, you don't, you know, you can't take the short-term wins or keep trying to keep the money in your pocket, but you've got to make, build a brand, build a reputation, even as much as it hurts. And I've been there and it doesn't make it sting any less. It does not. I mean, it was terrible, but you know, that's the lessons you learn from. Cause really that's when you, as a business per- person, you really learn what you're about. That's when you yep. really know when you, you know, you got your vision, your mission and all this great write up, but that's when you really find out what am I, what is my real moral stance on doing business, you know, and how am I going to handle it? So it was a test, but I think we came out doing pretty good, but it was a hard one. It was I, hard I, I would agree. Those are always the best lessons learned and the hardest. So that's right. Now, as we, so now as we jump to the second question, which is if you're talking to someone that's just uh, getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Go work with either SCORE or the SBA, the Small Business Administration, mm-hmm. and let them guide you. Great resource. That'll save you from making tons of mistakes that I had to make starting out, you know, thinking you know everything. Just go ahead and get some people that help you know it. They're here and they're here to assist you. I would say go use those resources. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a great. And I think there's one that is, you know, people often overlook. They think, oh, I've got to do it on my own or, oh, these are for other people. And yet they have a lot of great resources. They can, you know, I at least know what the SBA and it sounds like score is that same way Mm -hmm. has a lot of things that, Hey, if you need to know how to get your business going, how to start to tackle marketing your sales or how to get a small business loan or how to do, you know, any number of things, they're a great resource. So I definitely think there it's a great tip. Yeah. Excellent. Well, well, as we wrap up, you know, we have, now we do have just for everybody's listening, the bonus question that we'll ask, uh, Forest number one intellectual property question. We'll hit that in a minute. Um, But if you'd like to keep listening, we'll hit that after the normal episode. But as we wrap up, before we get to there, if people want to reach out to you, Forrest, they want to find out any more or find out more about you. They want to be an investor. They want to be a client. They want to be a employee. They want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to uh, connect up to you and find out more? Go to my website. It's Forrest Tough. Dot com and I'll spell that. It's F O dot com. All right, simple as that. And I definitely encourage everybody to check Forrest's website out, forresttough.com. Find out more about him, reach out, and uh, make or make some connections. Well, thank you, Forrest, for coming on. Now, stay on because we are doing the bonus question, but thank you for coming on. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if uh, you have your own journey to tell, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com. Apply to be on the podcast. We love to tell your journey. Um, If you are listeners well, make sure to click subscribe so you know when all our awesome episodes come out and leave us a review so other people can find us as well. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents and trademarks, just go to strategymeeting.com. Grab some time with us to chat. So now as we wrap up, we wrapped up the normal, we're on to the bonus question. So now as we shift gears just slightly, and I now I have to talk or I have to answer questions and I don't get to ask him all the time. What's your number one uh, intellectual property question I can answer for you, Forrest? All right, so Devin, if I have a specialty food that I'm trying to package and market and put mm. out, what is the best way to go about doing that? So for instance, let's say if it's a pie or a macaroni and cheese, mm. what would you suggest are the steps that I would need to take to make sure that I have some ownership of my product. Before it hits yeah, the there's, there's kind of two different, two different ways that you can tackle that. And both of them, I think, have their merits. So I'll walk you through. One is okay. what's called a trade secret, where basically you have controls in place. You don't tell people what the, the, you know, what the formulation is. You don't lo- know, let them know how it is. You, know, you don't let them know how you make it or what the process is. 
And, you know, if you're to look at Coke and Pepsi, they both are under trade secrets. They basically, under lock and key, nobody, supposedly at least, nobody knows other than, you know, one individual, the full the full recipe, and they only they split it out so only some people know about some parts of the process. And so if you're looking, and the same thing with Mrs. Fields cookies, same thing that they do that. And so sometimes if you're looking and saying, hey, this is something that I can keep secret, right? In the sense that they're not going to be able to figure out what my recipe is or what that secret sauce is or how we do it. Sometimes it's better just to do what's called a trade secret. Keep it. Now, the thing you have to think about trade secret is if it does get out, and that's why Pepsi and Coke and all of them are very judicious about not letting, or the secret getting out, is once it gets out, if somebody figures it out, they reverse engineer it. You have an employee that tells the world you don't have any protection, meaning there's really, once a genie's out of the bottle, you can't do anything about it. The alternative is is you can a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times you can get a patent on food products. And where the patent goes is it's more protecting you have, let's say, for example, you're you make the world's best whatever food product it is, you know, macaroni and cheese or whatever it is. Right. But you have to have certain amounts of this ingredient, certain amounts of this ingredient has to be in, cooked at this temperature. It has to be done this way. And it's almost more of a process to make this new or different food. So it doesn't, it's not just that it tastes good, but you have kind of a process behind it. Okay. Then you can get a patent on it for that process to make the food or for the food. And so, you know, there's one that um, there's a few out there. One of one of them that got invalidated, but I, I still love it as a story was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it was more how they made it as yeah. a, you know, it's the old ones that have the little crimp around the outside. So it doesn't spill out and little kids can eat them. Mm-hmm. They had a patent on that for a while. Now it got invalidated for a longer story for different reasons, but a lot of those kind of patents you can still go after and you can get. So depends on if you think you can keep it a secret forever, go for a trade secret. (laughs) Otherwise you can get a patent on it. And then you have 20 years of that exclusivity afterwards, everybody can make the the same product. So I think that answers your question. Is there anything else to clarify on that? No, that was worth its weight in gold. Thank you so much. That'll be very helpful. All right. Awesome. Well, glad that I could answer the bonus question for you. Um, Now, as we wrap up, I want to wish you the next leg of your journey even better than the last and appreciate you coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks a lot, Devin. It was great being here.